Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Coming up on today's show, new details on Elden Ring DLC. Lady Gaga is coming to Fortnite. And yes, Xbox games are going multi-platform and we've got release dates. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I am Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hi. Did you like my, I was singing? I mean, if we're going to jump into that right now, no, I'm going to save it. Oh. I'm going to save it. I was singing during your intro. Oh, I love that. I was trying to be really quiet, like really therapeutic background music, but I don't know if it came across that way. Uh, well, you know, I'm going to have to listen to it back. Oh, speaking of listening, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for your patience as you endured, if you endured, the audio issues that I had at the top of last week's episode. So funny story. Was supposed to do this big interview at Dice. Unfortunately, that person got real sick at Dice. So couldn't do the interview. Hopefully we'll reschedule it. Had to kind of ad hoc something. Rihanna was wonderful. Obviously, the interview with Rebecca Valentine about IGN's Creators Guild, also wonderful. But that one piece with Rihanna, microphones got duplicated, had to use onboard cell phone audio. <laughs> Wasn't the best situation. So rock on a hard place. So thank you, everyone, for your understanding. Hopefully it won't happen again. Working on it. And if it does, you know what? Tough titty. It doesn't happen very often. No. I am very, very proud, Brittany. Out of the 354 episodes that we've done of What's Good Games, a very small portion of them have had, like, catastrophic audio problems. I'd say less than five. Yeah, I can only think of two. One is when we were coming home from somewhere in L.A. I was on a flight and then you texted me in Steimer and you're like... The Borderlands 3 reveal event. That's Where right. we recorded a full episode of our hands-on time in the hotel room and none of it was usable. None of it was... I remember that because I remember landing and I got my ass back home and we recorded another show and we crushed it. And then the other one is when the video didn't work back in the old studio. Yes, and you did Microsoft Paint. Yeah. That was good. That was a long time ago. That was like 2018. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was That's when the world was introduced to my mad skills at Microsoft Paints. I drew long necks and everything. It was great. Tall necks, not long necks. Tall necks. Horizon Or tall both. Necks. Or both. They Why can not do whatever both? You want. Hello, Andrea. It's so good to be back this week. It's so great to have you back. And what a wonderful week to have you back. So ladies and gentlemen, if you have not yet seen or listened to it, Brittany and I have a full standalone episode on our thoughts on Final Fantasy VII Rebirth because the embargo lifted this week. So we wanted to get that out at the appropriate time. So we will not be discussing that game in this week's episode. We have other games we're going to be talking about a little bit later on in the show after we talk about some news. So if you want to hear all about that, it's spoiler free, by the way, please do go check that out. And thank you again to Square 
Enix for giving us advanced access to review codes for that game. And thank you to Rihanna for hanging out with me at Dice last week. She is, of course, busy off doing mama and boss babe things, and she will be back on the show at a future date. And thank you to all of our wonderful Patreon producers for supporting this show. We truly love and support you for supporting us. Yes. That's what I was trying to say here. Uh, Board Aid Gamers Club, Farah Satia, Joshua Franklin, Justin Foshi, and Punctified. It was great to see you in Vegas, by the way. And we're going to be playing your special song a little bit later on. Some of you remember what that is. Maybe you don't. And welcome to our Patreon community, Multi Sweetness and Mother of Mischief. I want to make a note to everybody, since we're getting towards the end of the month, we will be having some news about changes to our membership coming very soon. So just keep that in mind. Keep an eye out for that. But thank you to everybody who has supported us thus far on Patreon. We really appreciate your dollars and your time supporting our show. Brittany. Yeah. We've got some news to talk about. We do, baby. We got ourselves a Nintendo Partner Showcase. Woo woo. Uh, yeah. Exciting. And this was at 6 a.m. I'm uh, Pacific. So that was a big fuck no from me. But oh, yeah, same yeah. like the Pokemon Direct happening next week, 6 a.m. Nintendo. I know you have that whole other country of Japan, but why you do us like this? You know what I mean? But you were like, but Pokemon. But Pokemon. Yeah. So this was a showcase that focused on their development partners and publishing partners for games that are coming out in the first half of 2024. And we got quite a lot here. Nothing that particularly got me all hot and bothered. Like nothing got the panties kind of flopping or fl- flopping. <laughs> Like, why would one's panties flop? Flop, Floppy panties. I I have to say, I was not expecting that as a term used for excitement. I mean, listen, when shit gets going, (laughs) shit gets going. It's like a fucking magic carp in there. Okay, anyway. So that does not mean it was a bad showcase, though. Like, I still think there was something here for everyone. So I think the three big ones that kind of, you know, everyone saw this coming. Grounded is coming to Nintendo Switch on April 16th. Pentiment is available this week. And surprisingly, Hi-Fi Rush wasn't there. It's coming to PS5, though. Yes. So before we get into any more details about what's happening in the Nintendo Direct with the Partner Showcase, last week, right after Rihanna and I recorded, is when Xbox uploaded this message that they had about what's going on with their first party going multi-platform. I think a lot of eyes were on it. As Rihanna and I anticipated, it was kind of a womp womp moment. It was all of the leaks that came true. These select few live service games were announced to go multi-platform. Nintendo confirmed that in the partner showcase this week. So those are the two games we mentioned. And then, of course, now we got the release dates as well for games coming to PlayStation. I think that this is a great thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with this. I think it's wonderful that more people are going to get to play these games. I don't know why anyone would have an issue with this. I really, truly don't. People that have an issue with these games coming to multiple platforms don't understand, A, how the business works, and B, need to separate their identity with a business. These are businesses. And if you identify as like part of your personalities that you've supported Xbox since day one, and it feels like the most utmost betrayal, how could they do you dirty like this? I promise you have more in your life worth doing and living for than how a business decides to like manage their assets. Like, I understand, like, we don't need to go into it. And it turned out okay. Guess what? Starfield isn't coming to PlayStation. It doesn't sound like Indiana Jones is coming to PlayStation. It sounds like it's all going to be fine. So y'all can rest your little floppy ass panties and tuck them away. (sighs) And I know we've gotten some criticism over the past couple of weeks for us 
telling people to stop being so mad. And we're not trying to tell you to not have feelings. I always say, feel your feelings, but maybe take a good hard look at how you're expressing those feelings to other people, both in person and online. That's really what Brittany and I are getting at here is examine why you feel, how you feel, and what's making you feel that way and how you could potentially redirect any of those negative feelings to something that could bring you more positivity and make you feel better about life. I think that's really the underlying message to this is that it's good for Xbox and Microsoft and developers and gamers when these games are available to more people. Is there a conversation to be had about diminishing value for people who have invested in a single hardware ecosystem and want to see that value maintained? Sure. But I think we've said on this show, and as many other people have said repeatedly over many months, years now, Xbox Game Pass, very great value just for Xbox players and PC players. So there's nothing being taken away here. There's only additive, I would say. There's still a lot more that we're going to learn about Xbox's strategy with their studio portfolio as we go into the future. I think, you know, we're going to learn more throughout the year and in the years to come as more of these bigger teams start releasing more AAA style games. But live service games in particular absolutely benefit from a bigger player base. So I think that this is a win-win for everybody. It is. It's a good thing. I promise. What else do we get? It closed out with Endless Ocean Luminous. Did you ever play Endless Ocean? No, I'm going to be real. I didn't understand most of these games. Okay. And that happens to me occasionally in these Nintendo Directs, particularly the partner showcases. I'm like, oh, these are like Japan-ass Japan games that I don't know anything about that, you know, other people are very knowledgeable about. But most of these titles are just titles that I hadn't really heard of. I've definitely appreciated that the Rare partnership was announced Mm -hmm. where they're bringing classic Rare titles to Nintendo Switch Online. For a hot second, I thought they were announcing that Rare remake like yeah. collection yeah, yeah, yeah. that came to Xbox One in like, what, 2015, I think it sick. was, when that game came out. I was like, that would be, I think, a great fit for Nintendo Switch. But that's not what they did. Instead, it was five classic titles. It's Snake Rattle and Roll, <laughs> RC Pro-Am, Battletoads and Battle Maniacs, and Killer Instinct Blast that are part of the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack membership. But I would like to see that whole collection come to Nintendo because why not? Why not, man? But yeah, so I know a lot of folks were excited about Endless Ocean. So the original game came out in 2008 and it sounds like it's just a very chill exploration game underwater where you can go scuba diving with your friends. And on this one, I think you can have up to 30 people play with you and you can discover marine life. And like, you know what? That sounds relaxing as fuck. So I want to be down for that. And I mean, I miss scuba diving. I haven't done it in a very long time. So maybe this would be a a good way to just kind of, you know, decompress a little bit. You know what I mean? Look at the fishies. Yeah, absolutely. If I don't see a cameo from Echo the Dolphin, though, I'm going to be sad. There it was. Wow. She just appeared out of nowhere. It's a miracle how that happened. Uh, The other game that a lot of people are super soaked about is Epic Mickey Rebrushed. Now, can I take a shot? John Drake, he needs to stop infiltrating our shows. He's everywhere. Yes, come on, John. Can you just like not release another game? Yeah, John. Walt Disney Company, give us a break. Our audience can only take so many shots, okay? I just want a goofy movie video game, John Drake, and I think you're completely failing in your role because it 
has not oh. manifested. Shots fired. Maybe, maybe John go. Drake should stop uploading weird ass clips about wanting to see other people's babies into the soundboard and make me a freaking I too I dance simulator. <laughs> oh, I have high <laughs> dreams and high hopes. Anywho, I never played Epic Mickey, but I know when it did come out, a lot of people are very, very stoked about it. And this news made a lot of floppy panties floppy. So I think that's fantastic. Go on with your bad self. It does look very cute. And I don't know why I never played it back in the day. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I do think it's a really interesting premise and it looks fantastic. So cute. So well, this was originally so on the Wii. Yeah, because all the waggles. That's right. Yeah. So this game it was good and bad, right? So there was definitely some really cool things that Epic Mickey did. Mm-hmm. There was definitely some like borked gameplay things that were happening in this game when it came out. And we won't even talk about the nope. sequel because that was just not worth anyone's time. And I think that what's cool about what some of the games that Disney used to publish and produce is that I think that they just didn't get the time and the love or benefit from today's technology, quite frankly, to really like make them sing and shine. And I think this is such a wonderful way to take a game that uses some Disney IP that maybe is a little lesser known and and kind of bring it back to life. Because I vividly remember the E3 that you could go get custom Oswald ears made at the Epic Mickey booth. And it was was a wild line. It was the most popular piece of merch to get at E3 that year. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting one because my friend James Stevenson from Insomniac, shout out to James, congratulations on all of the Spider-Man 2 wins at the Dice Awards last week, stood in line for me to get my Oswald ears that said, Andrea on the back because I didn't have time to stand in line because I was you know running around doing interviews and stuff but for some reason I remember that booth too I mean that was a while ago damn digging into the vault for that one some other stuff we saw let's see Monster Hunter Stories which was originally released on 3DS is now fully voiced and in HD coming this summer a unicorn it's called Unicorn Overlord game which is an Atlas and Vanillaware game which like on paper like hell yeah those are two glorious fucking people teams that should absolutely be doing more shit it is like a tactical RTS-y kind of game I don't know we just got a little look at it but I think it looks great there's this demo on the eShop right now Atlas Untold Shin Megami Tensei 5. So this is, um, I think it's like the definitive edition of Shin Megami Tensei 5. I think that's what this is. You get a brand new storyline, new locations and demons. That is absolutely a game I need to revisit. I never finished it back in the day when it came out. But like, you know, it's just, when does a girl have time, Andrea? You know what I mean? When does a girl have time? And I do want to make a quick clarification Mm -hmm. because I know that somebody out there is being like, Andrea, don't you remember that Oswald was in Epic Mickey 2? Yes, I do. So I just want... To let that person out there who's listening being like, she got it wrong. I realized that. So how dare you? Correction. (laughs) Wife of John Drake, how dare you? Another one I want to give a quick shout out to is World of Goo 2. I never played World of Goo. Didn't do it. But watching this, it's a physics-based puzzler game with co-op. And I'm like, I don't know if the first one had co-op, but this just looks like a silly little game that Jason and I would absolutely enjoy playing together. Jason, not Jace, my three-year-old. Oh, God. Yeah, this is definitely up your alley. World of Goo did well on console, but I think it did much better on mobile. Ah. Um, and I can't remember them announcing. Is this the announcement of this sequel? I don't know. I never really had World of Goo on my radar, so I couldn't tell you if it Fair. was or not. Um, looks like trailer number one. It was announced before. Revealed at Game Awards. There you go. I don't remember that announcement at all. But you know what? I blame the whiskey for that one. Now, this one, Andrew, I thought of you. I thought you would, you know, maybe feel a little tingle when you saw this. Fantasy Life I, The Girl Who Steals Time. 
Now, this one looks kind of like Animal Crossing in nature. It has like that same kind of like look to it, the same aesthetic, if you will. And so the idea is you will travel to the past, you're on a deserted island, to gather resources and then travel to the future to use them and to restore the island in the present. And you can play online with up to four people. And it looks like you can do some crafting and some decorating and some light RPG stuff. You have a bunch of different classes you can choose. You can be a miner or other sort of stuff. It looks like a Brit-ass Brit game, but I saw it and I was like, hmm, I wonder if you could get into this. But I don't think it's going to be as in-depth as like your Dreamlight Valleys or your Animal Crossing. So I don't know if that would... And I still have a date with Faye Farm. Oh, Okay. I've been um <laughs> I've been not responding to Faye Farm's texts. Definitely oh. missed our brunch meetings. Wow. And so you I'm sorry, Faye Farm. I promise we're gonna get together. I'm busy. Girl, I don't think Faye Farm wants anything to do with you anymore. That sounds No, pretty, probably not. No, you, you ghosted Faye Farm. Faye Farm says too many times. Faye, fuck They're like, you, we're farm. done with you. Yep. All done. And then another one that looked really quirky was another crab's treasure. So this is like that souls like <laughs> hermit crab game where you can put anything on your back and it can be your I could, I could oh, not. Dude. The puns in this <laughs> Nintendo Direct were awful. And when they called this a souls like, I was like, how dare you? Oh, see, I thought it was great. I thought it was Get out, table flip. (laughs) I think it looks fantastic. I love it. It looks stupid as hell. And that's the brilliance of it, though. You know people are going to play it because it's so quirky and weird. I don't know if it's going to be a great game. I don't know anything about it other than this. But I think (laughs) this looks hilarious and definitely a game that probably will get a lot of traction on, like, Twitch or something, right? Hold on. Let me pull it up because I have to call out the tagline that the narrator of the Nintendo Direct said at the end of the trailer. Okay. Which is, you know what they say. One crab's trash is another crab's treasure. And I was like, how fucking dare you? (laughs) I liked it when they said, watch out for some crabby predators along the way. Because they're going to be like angry and mad. Ah, See, this is the kind of stupidity I love in my life. But you know why I think I got so triggered by it? Why? Because the scripts and the cadence and the pacing of this direct and a lot of directs in the past reminded me so much of my time on GameStop TV where we had to read very specific lines of dialogue that were approved by, you know, all of the different publishers and whatnot. And I understand why that process exists, right? If you're putting a marketing message out into, you know, 4,000 retail stores across the United States, you want to make sure that what someone like me is reading is what you want to represent your brand. You don't want Andrea Renee just ad limit, <laughs> you know, or maybe you do. I'm a very good ad limit. Um, but I get why they were like, here's our very like stock script. And it just like reminded me so much of some of these lines of dialogue that I would get. And I'd be like, how am I supposed to read this with a straight face? You don't. I don't know you don't. what I'm supposed to you do. You just embrace the awkward girl. You embrace it. Yeah. Let it oh, yeah. And then you. I embrace the awkward and then I get like a hundred managers like writing me angry messages on Twitter or email being like, you suck. You're a fake gamer girl. You said this word wrong. And I'm like, that's the word that the marketing guy told me to say. Don't get mad at isn't me. That it's not where, my fault. And I said this earlier. Isn't that where you said Vegeta? Or what mm. What word did you mispronounce during a read? It was like one of my Brit-ass, was it Pokemon or Dragon Ball Z? It was, no, I think I think it was Dragon Ball, but that's when we were talking about Fortnite and Dragon Ball together. Oh, okay. Yeah. When I worked at GameStop, I was very clear with my producer. I was like, you need to give me exact pronunciations okay. for words. Because I will hear about it from somebody on the internet. Yeah. And so I need to be able to say, like, when you hosted the Capcom showcase. Oh, yeah. yeah. And everybody and their dog got up in arms about Lady Dimitrescu or whatever. You know, I still got right? shit for that at the Game Awards from some people. I won't say who. 
And you were like, that's what the team who made the game yeah. told me to say. Yeah. And this game came out forever ago. And then it somehow <gasps> got brought up because Lady D's actress was there. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was the the fortunate soul who had to pronounce the, her name for the very first time audibly in front of the entire world. And they told me, they even sent me like an audio clip of how to say her name. And I fucking nailed it. Oh, man. Oh, no. Oh, no. Even someone at the Game Awards was like, yeah, you got it wrong. I was like, I know I did. You're like, God. no, I did not get it wrong. I mean, you I, got it wrong. There we go. Thank You're you. wrong. You know, right. You're right. Because I wasn't wrong. I was told wrong information and I thought I got it right. But are you saying that the, the team that gave you the pronunciation, like they internally had a disagreement about the how to pronounce it? Girl, it's a whole fucking saga. I don't know what happened. All I know is I got an audio clip with how it's supposed to be pronounced. And I don't even know if they're, because in the game, okay, so in the game, like- You did your job. I did my this job. Is like, I feel like this is like the at-at and at-at yeah. debate. Yeah, yeah. Do you know about this in Star Wars? I mean, I've always, I before, yes. I mean, I can imagine because I, once in my head, I was like, what's an at-at? And then I was like, oh. I swear to God, I've done so many Twitter polls on this over the course of my life. And it's always like split down the middle. Oh, it is. Because the people who pronounce it at at are like, obviously it's at at. Look at it. It's at at. And I'm like, no, it's at at. Yeah. And then the opposite people are like, oh, it's ATST. You know, it's oh, not Jesus. at. You oh, know, boy. like we don't say that. Yep. Like we, it's AT, AT and ATST. And that yeah. is, and it's so funny to me because the people who are on one side or another who feel super strongly maybe don't talk to as many people about it as clearly I do, <laughs> which should I spend so much time doing this? No, but when you're in the public eye, like Brittany and I are representing brands from time to time, it's really difficult to manage fan reaction to things that people have like their cemented relationship with. That's and weird. they're like, this is the way I say it. And this is how I know it. And this is it or it's wrong. And it's like, I don't know what to tell you then. Can you just Give me some grace because I'm just doing what I was told to do. Yep. So that's just that. That's that. That was a anyway, nice little tangent. Little tangent. I liked but it, Star though. Wars was in the Nintendo Partner Showcase as well. They were. It's what was it? The Star Wars Battlefront Collection. There now, we I go. I have to say, I did not see this coming. Okay. But I guess what a great way to just, you know, keep making that Star Wars money. It's the Battlefront Classic Collection. According to Eurogamer, containing two of the Battlefront games, the collection allows you to play with up to 64 players online and includes modes like Heroes Assault. And it's going to be released just next month oh, on March 14th. Hey, wonderful. Wonderful news. You know, but other than that, like South Park Snow Day is coming. I just feel like no one's really talking about that, probably because it's kind of like a co-op action game. That's It reminds me a little of Dungeon Defenders. I mean, cool. Like it was like I said, nothing for me personally that got me all like a flopping around. But I think there was still like some cool stuff in here. A little bit of something for everyone. Now I'm just waiting for the actual like Nintendo Direct itself. But the thing is, Andrea Renee, is that the rumor is that the Switch 2 has been pushed back to early 2025, March 2025 at the earliest, reported by VGC and Bloomberg, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I feel like I'm believing this. I feel like this is probably truth. So it makes you wonder, like, what? This is going to be a slower year for Nintendo. We have the Peach game. We have Luigi's Mansion. And I feel like there's one other game coming out at some point this year. That's kind of like one of the bigger ones. Oh, Thousand Year Door. That's the one. Yes. So who knows if we're going to get one. I think it's okay if it's a slow year. Yes. I would, in fact, <laughs> encourage developers to delay. It's been a, a very busy two first months of the year. Yes. There's been a lot of action, and we already have some things on our plate. But quite frankly, we haven't caught up from last year. Mm -hmm. So it, just give us a breather year, a gap year maybe. Could we just like not release 
more stuff, that would be great, actually, for me. From software laughs in the background. <laughs> yes, I guess that leads us into our first headline. But before we get to that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's get into some headlines. But before we do that, Brittany insisted... That she has something to say. I have some fucking shit to say. Andrew Renee, you might have heard me talk about a little game called Mother 3, right? Just a few times. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh-huh. I saw yeah. it on the yeah, internet. Yeah. People were mm-hmm. talking about Mother 3. Mm-hmm. I'm like fidgeting. I'm so fucking... I've talked to Reggie Fizame about it. I've called him. I've called out everybody I can fucking call out. You know who got Mother 3 today? Japan. In Japan, I love you. I want to be inside of you all the time. I really, truly do. But fuck, dude. But... Lucky you, Japan. Oh, yeah. Lucky you. Mm-hmm. But seriously, when I saw the trends, I saw people tweeting Mother 3, Mother 3. For a second, Andrew, I was I was in heaven. I thought my time had come. My bodily fluids were getting ready to expel from every hole in my body. Like that moment that I've been telling you was going to happen. Like I thought yes. this was it. I felt I felt myself build up and build up. And then I realized it was Japan only. And when I tell you, like I just stared at my Twitter feed. So it wasn't just plushies. Because that's the tweet that I saw. Oh, they're getting... Was that I thought everyone was getting worked up into a frenzy about Mother 3. And then it was like a post about a new line of plushies. But the game is actually available. Yes. Came to Nintendo Switch Online in Japan. Mother 3. And the the, the thing is, the thing is, the thing is, is like there's been a whole bunch of different like theories. And people have said different things about why Mother 3 hasn't been localized. Recently, Reggie was like, yo, it's because business-wise it doesn't make any sense. Then you have the creator saying that there might have been some copyright issues with some music. And then maybe the translation just is a little too edgy for, you know, the culture that we live in today. I don't know. Listen, edgier than things in the United States? For The only thing that doesn't fly in the U.S. that flies in Japan is like underage sexualization of young girls, which continues to happen in some Japanese games, which is, you know, a conversation for another time. But that's like the one thing that gets like stonewalled really quickly here in the U.S. But otherwise, like, seriously, bro? Uh, yeah, I think it just has to do with maybe some potential discrimination against certain types of people, like the stuff. But I feel like from what I understand is that it could be translated correctly and with care in a way that isn't harmful. But again, like these are all just I feel like I don't everyone says something different. So needless to say, another day has come and gone and Mother 3 is still not here in the U.S. There's a fantastic fan translation out there and I get that and I understand. But I just want the official thing on my switch. It's just a thing I'm fighting for now. I won't even know why when I'm 90, I'm fighting for this thing, but I'll still be fighting for it. It's so weird that there's been so much memeing about Mother 3 coming to the West that's like, well, they clearly have modernized it and remastered it. And I want to believe that it's going to have a Western launch maybe like six months down the road. 
12 months down the road because sometimes it takes like a full year or more for games that launch in Japan to finally come to North America. But like this one in particular, like why not? feels like a big win. Yeah, to just- that's why I'm telling you there's something going on. It can't, I mean, it could be. I was going to say it can't just be from a business mm-hmm. perspective. It wouldn't make any sense. But actually, yeah, if they forecast it's not going to make the money, they're not going to do it. I don't know, man. It was just, I feel like we're one step closer, but I also feel like it's so far away. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> but that's got to be a way through the power of friendship. It's always VPNs, the power of friendship. ROMs oh. and the internet for you to be able to play oh, there this is. game. And, I, and I've, I've played a lot of it before already via ROMs, but like I, I want it officially localized. You know, I want to, I want to yeah, You want to support by giving Nintendo more of your dollars. Oh, fuck when you phrase it that way. <laughs> okay. You're like, Nintendo, I just want to throw money at you. Why are you turning me away? I'll just bend over and throw money at you. That's what I do for Nintendo. Well, yeah. You know. Yeah. Anyway, that was you my You will rant. eventually get an opportunity to do that, I'm sure, Thank either you. with this game or something else. Not a Nintendo property, but also coming from Japan, Elden Ring, yeah. Shadow of the Erd Tree, finally has a release date. So we knew that this DLC was in the works from From Software, and we knew that it was going to be a big expansion from the hit action RPG, Elden Ring, and now we have some details. So let's start with the release date. It's in the works. You can play it on June 21st. Okay. Just this summer. It's coming out soon. Players will once again be able to descend upon the lands between for what developer From Software is calling their largest expansion ever. Ooh. Which is, I mean, pretty impressive knowing that, you know, some of the stuff that they've done in the past has been pretty substantial. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to pull up this brand new gameplay trailer that was put out this week. So if you are watching at youtube.com slash what's good games, you can take a look at it while I talk about some of these details. And Eurogamer got an exclusive interview with Hidetake Miyazaki the creator of the game and head of From Software. And before we get to his quote, a couple details. You're going to journey across a brand new map. I think that's not surprising Mm -hmm. to anybody. Mm -hmm. But it includes a similar structure to the original game. So, you know, some of your open surface level exploration areas, your, your fields, your wastelands kind of a thing. Legacy dungeons and then other dungeons of varying scale. And in the interview with Eurogamer, Miyazaki Sam said... In terms of pure surface area, you could think of something larger even than Limgrave in the base game, which was big. There, of course, will be large open areas, of course, will be legacy dungeons, but we've also experimented with something a little more in between these as well to bring a more diverse gameplay experience. There's going to be new weapons, equipment, and skills to test with over 10 new boss fights, plus eight new weapon categories have been added to account for all of those new weapon types. Mm -hmm. So these are just a few of the details that are emerging about Shadow of the Erd Tree. And already the fan (laughs) theories are running wild. I love it. And it's fascinating. I love the nerddom. Around too. the fantasy of this game. I absolutely do too. And I want to be in this world. I want to be in this community. I want to be flopping in the... I got to stop saying that. I just want to be very <laughs> excited. I want to be as excited as everybody else is. And I mean, I was thinking about this and watching this trailer and reading these details and that contagious online excitement. I'm like, God, I got to get back into Elden Ring. I can't remember. I think because Jason and I were playing it cooperatively in our own little weird way for, gosh, I think 40 or 50 hours or something. And I've never stopped thinking about it. I'm like, God, that was just such a good experience. And I just know, though, I still have so much more core Elden Ring to play before I can even probably dive into this DLC. But it looks so cool. Ugh. 
in this interview with Eurogamer, Miyazaki-san also talked about how there's obviously a lot of hard boss battles. And of course, you know, the Milena like boss battle, which is an optional battle, but is considered like, you know, one of the, mm-hmm. you know, most difficult fights in the game. They're like, don't worry. If you liked that, you will be pleased with the difficulty settings or the difficult bosses you find in the expansion. And I was like, but what about BBS baby mood? What about They're like, this game is not for you. I was like, I know. I just want to play with my friends. I know. Bad. I know. That's all I want. It's a really cool statue. Statue of Mesmer the Impaler. 46 centimeters. Ooh, how many inches is that? 46 centimeters to inches. I was going to just ask Siri, but you'll do it faster. 18 inches, baby. 18 Ooh. inches of that red-robed skeleton creature can be yours. For Looks like something my child would break instantly. Oh, my God, I know. Jace likes to go in my office, and I'm like, oh, God, there goes my retirement funds. He's going to break everything. <laughs> just put them all up high, you know? Yeah, That's I mean, what I've God. been trying to do. Looks so good. So, so good. I'm excited for everybody. And I would love to get back into Elden Ring. You were talking about how it's a little bit of a slower year. Not right now. And there's still a few games coming out that I'm dying to play. But God, maybe this is the year I get back into Elden Ring. Who knows? Maybe this is the year that I get into Like a Dragon. Okay. Well, now, now, come on. Well, you Really? I mean, yeah, I've always wanted to. Okay. I know. But like I said, I, I still have games. I still haven't finished Tears of the Kingdom. From last year. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot to play in that game. Ugh. Also haven't finished Cyberpunk. Need to finish that. I do. I, do want, I want to do a brand new run of Cyberpunk. I want to start from the beginning because when we played, it was pre-release and we all remember that version of the game. Let's not go back let's there. Not, let's <laughs> not. So I want, I want to give it a new shot at life and I want to give it a place in my heart. So yes, that's been on I my mean, list for a while. You know, I just want to play more games. Yeah. I want to read more books. I want to garden more. I just need to retire from I life. I love you. I want a garden. Y'all, if you haven't heard oh. Andrea go off on one of her gardening tangents, you think she's an expert at video games. Wait till she starts telling you about her native California shrubbery. It's just Dude, I have so many videos <laughs> that I've taken that I'm going to post eventually oh, on good. Instagram. I'm glad. You should. You should. My blooms are first starting to come. You really I sowed my wildflower seeds. I mean, listen, we've had like 50,000 atmospheric rivers here in California. I'm surprised that, you know, we're not fully underwater yet. I would follow your journey because you've gone from like zero to hero. You are, in my eyes, an expert on plants and shit now. You know what I mean? So, And then you should keep trying to grow harder shit and see what happens. Yes. Anyway. That sounds challenging. I accept. A couple more headlines. Rhythm action game Hi-Fi Rush is going to debut on PlayStation 5 on March 19th. So this, of course, is just, we buried this lead a little bit. We talked about it briefly at the top of the show because we were talking about the Nintendo showcase specifically. But Hi-Fi Rush is coming to PS5 on March 19th. I imagine eventually it'll come to Switch. But, I mean, the world of Hi-Fi Rush, technically complicated, wonderful, amazing. If you haven't played it, you should. Feels like porting it to PS5, way easier than trying to port it to Switch. Mm. That's why I'm guessing why it's coming to PS5 first. Got it. Maybe eventually it will come, but who knows. The other news I wanted to mention, normally on this show, we don't talk about individual patch notes, updates, things like that. There's just too many live service games for us to keep up with, unless it's something that we're particularly interested in. So when this press release hit my inbox, I just had to click on it. I saw Lady Gaga is coming to Fortnite. Love it. And I was like, excuse me? I like Lady Gaga. Yes. I enjoy Fortnite. Yes. Haven't played Fortnite in a while ago. Would love to know more about this. Can we um, Can we get some more details? So Epic Games sent a press release that says, 
Ever since her internet breaking What's Fortnite post back in 2019, <laughs> legendary superstar Lady Gaga has been one of the most requested artists from the Fortnite community. Now, her iconic songs and fashion will finally be available <laughs> to millions of players and fans around the world. Lady Gaga will be headlining Icon for Fortnite Festival Season 2, Unlock Your Talent, launching on February 22nd. Ooh. Unlock Your Talent on February 22nd for Fortnite Festival Season 2, featuring the following Lady Gaga songs. Can you tell that I'm literally just reading the press release. You're doing great. Because that's, that's definitely it. what I'm doing. I'm not going to read this whole thing because <laughs> it's a lot. There's a lot of details here. But just know that she's got a custom stage. She's going to be performing. You can obviously buy the skins and that there's going to be songs, including some of the bangers, applause, uh -huh. born this way, uh -huh. poker face. Ooh. And one of my personal favorites with Ariana Grande, Rain On Me, because the Ariana Grande skins in Fortnite, whoo! They are amazing. I have not and every seen time them. I play with Joey Noel. Gonna have to Google this. Kind of funny is Joey Noel. Love her. Friend of the show. She has all the Ariana skins and they're just so good. Oh, those so are I good. Love this. I see. I, I see. love this combo. I think this is so fun and what a great way to take advantage of a, a huge pop star and do a genre of music. Just, you know, the team at Epic Games with Fortnite, just, you know, continuing to crush it with their collaborations. This runs through April 22nd. And of course, you know, they've got all the, the premium reward tracks, the free tracks, the unlocks. You can spend a bazillion Fortnite bucks and buy all the cool cosmetics. I'm just excited about this because like I've been wanting a reason to go back to Fortnite because I just love that it just feels like such a chill vibe. Mm -hmm. Though the meta and Fortnite moves so fast. Yeah. But like at the same time, it doesn't truly matter because I can still like, you know, hop on the bus with my friends and like fuck around. And, you know, even if I get my ass kicked, I'll definitely buy at least a couple emotes. <laughs> yeah. No, that sounds that sounds good. Steimer and I have been trying to get a date together to just fuck around in Fortnite. The Lego stuff, I guess. We were going to a while ago and then like there was an update and we just ended up talking on the phone instead. But that's I think the only way I'm going to get into Fortnite is if I just have like I've discovered this, Andrea. I like playing games with people that are mindless and then that we just use the time as gaming as to like catch up. Right. That's why like Diablo 4 worked out so good. And I think Fortnite would be really great for this. Just kind of shoot the shit and mindlessly kill things. That's what you need to propose to me to get me to play something with you. Okay? I'm in. Okay? I mean, we had a ton of fun when we did it for the Dragon Ball stuff. Oh, yeah. Rhea was my coach. She carried me. I did real good. It was fun. Well, I'm happy for you. I hope you get your monster on or whatever the cool kids say when it comes to Lady Gaga anymore. Is it still like monsters? Does she still do the monster thing? Oh, yeah. She calls them monsters. Okay, yeah. Go. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the key arts, her doing her bad romance. Oh, which reminded me of this wonderful little clip uh. that I have in my clip vault. Uh. And I'm going to play... It and I hope everyone remembers and enjoys. Oh, ooh, what a treat! Ra 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 ma ra ra la 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 ooh la la. Macho bad Roma. You know it's no wonder. It's just so good. Jason is still it's with so me good. after all these years. I just serenade him every morning with my angelic voice, just like that. And he just looks at me and he's like, "I'm with you forever, baby." And I'm like, "I know." That's my secret. He's like, this is the one that I chose. If I, if I ever start... I have, I'm not looking back. That's no it. regrets. If, this is the one. Yes, baby. If I ever start singing to you in Lady Gaga voices or Shakira voices, it's because I'm trying to win your heart over because I feel you pulling yeah. away from me. So if I start breaking out in a song, just know that's my cry for help. <laughs> Hopefully Jason still listens to the show. <laughs> and that's it for this week's headlines. When we come back, we should talk about what we've been playing, including Brit's time with the hot viral game of the month, Helldivers. Hey. We'll be right back.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brittany, I've heard the internet is a buzz. Oh, we are. With Hell Divers 2. Dude, have you played Where did any this, this game come from? So- I feel like we heard about this game mm-hmm. and then it launched. And I'm like, are people just ravenous for new stuff right now? Or are we just getting like really great unexpected games? You know what I think a lot of it is for Helldivers too. Now, I never played the original Helldivers. I know there are a lot of big fans of it. But I think what it is, is the gameplay loop is rather simplistic and it is fun and it is low-key anyone can kind of pick up and play it and you're not expected to like be good and what i mean by that is game well, that's great news for oh, me yeah, absolutely me too honey so games radar wrote this little blurb about it and i think this sums it up it's just one little paragraph this is the tone of hell divers the setup is that the hell divers are overconfident meatheads who all think they're a hybrid of master chief captain america and john wick but then the game hands you control and sends you back into the battlefield with a merry slap on the backside, assuring you that you'll totally do great out there, all while sniggering behind its hand. The punchline from that point on will write itself. And that is <laughs> that is Helldivers. It is so tongue-in-cheek. It is so silly. On paper, this is not a game that I would have a lot of fun with because you just go and you shoot shit and you die a lot. And you rinse, wash, repeat. And that is the gameplay loop. Of course, there's progression. You can unlock new abilities. And I'll talk about that in a second. And you can unlock other passive stuff. There's a battle pass sort of thing. Like, it's all there. But there's no story to this, really. I mean, maybe there is later on. But it's very low-key. I'm addicted to this game. And I think what it is is because it's a big playground. And it gives you the opportunity to fail, to be silly. to Or you can take it very seriously if you want. And then there's the idea of playing with friends with randos it can be as intricate or as like not as you want you deploy with your mission in mind you can do the mission and extract within you know 10-15 minutes or you can explore around and collect samples and kill more bugs and destroy outposts and get more xp and more requisitions so you can do more upgrades and whatever you want to do you can do it you can play with others you can play by yourself you can play with like your significant other which is what i tend to do it's that gameplay loop it's that feeling of this is a game that could have released probably last generation or even the generation before that and still be just as much fun and just as charming it doesn't try to be something it's not and i think that's why it is just being it has so much success right now and every night i've tried to play oh i did get my review code from playstation so let me disclose that (laughs) thank you sony very very much but every night i've tried to play since there's always server issues but i have found a workaround which i will disclose Ooh, okay the workaround friends this is only on playstation i don't know i think you're just fucked on steam unless everyone in steam is the reason the playstation servers are capped at 450 it's fine okay so when you're on your playstation you know how it has the little cards down below right like you know activity cards or whatnot close out yes. the game go down the next level where you're going to see your activity cards on your home page and then select quick play or play with friends and nine times out of ten you'll skip the online queue and you'll just get into Ooh, a game oh interesting that's the only way i've been able to get in the past like three or four nights i don't remember who posted this someone did and a very very helpful tip oh jordan boyd from 47 i believe 
Anywho, yeah, Andrea, you would love this game. You would absolutely love this game. And I think if you could even wrangle some of your little guardians together and get in a few matches, you would have a blast. And the thing, too, about it that I think makes it so interesting and such a unique twist on it is you have these abilities, but they're called stratagems, right? And in order to deploy these abilities, you have to hold, I think it's like R1 on the PlayStation controller, and then you have to put in button prompts. And each ability has its own set button prompts. So it's not like you're gonna be surprised every time. So if you wanna get really good, you can memorize it. So like your orbital strike, I think is like right, right up or something. And so you have to do this though, while you're being surrounded, while you're being gunned down. And then obviously you're more, Powerful abilities have much longer button prompts, like maybe up to 10 or 12 on the D-pad that you have to put in. You could be standing there and you know you're about to get swamped and you're about you're about to get swarmed and then you're frantically trying to put this button prompt in so you can call down a strike or call down like a reinforcement or revive someone. It is just pure chaos and pure fun. And I have the best time being an agent of chaos on the field. And thank God, again, Jason loves me and respects me for who I am at my core, which is a little chaos demon. <laughs> because, because what I love to do is I just love, there's a mine ability you can summon. And it basically it drops something from the sky and it scatters mines everywhere. Like all haphazard, no way, shape or form to this thing. And the, but the thing is that once you step on one, they all go off. It's all a chain reaction. So Jason will be like down in a pit, like shooting bugs or shooting like the robots or whatever. And I just call down a mine and it falls away for like five feet from him and puts mines everywhere. And now he can't move, but the bugs are deploying all the mines. So now he's getting real close to dying or I'll call in an orbital strike and I'll shoot all of us. It is just chaotic fun. I have a clip I'm going to post later today, probably on social media of just like the chaos I have reigned in this game. But like, that's fun. It's fun because you get so many revives and it's like, you know, obviously like don't do that with people you don't know. They probably will get mad at you. I love that this has Earth Defense Force vibes. Do you remember that game? I do, yes. It kind of reminds me a little bit of that. Like, obviously, I would need to like play Helldivers to make direct comparisons, but just the kind of chaos, like the fun chaos, like the suspension of disbelief yeah. of any kind of believable narrative. Ugh. You're just here for the the pew-pews, right? Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we as gamers just want that. We do. You know, we just want that mindless fun where we don't have to min-max stats or pay attention to deep narrative storytelling and relationship building. We're like, I just want to shoot some shit with a friend. Yeah, and it's so quick too, you know? So it's, you're always getting that hit, that dopamine, that progression, that XP. You can choose what sort of missions you want. There's, I think, five or six levels of difficulty and you can go as easy as you want or as more difficult as you want. And I think the reason it works for me is because the whole tone of it is so tongue in cheek and so silly. And like you are like games, right? I said, just a bunch of stupid meatheads who think you're way better than you actually are. And then as you're like dying and you're healing yourself or whatever, these characters are just screaming the most stupid, like outrageous thing, like for democracy or like liberty never dies or just like just stupid stuff that makes it so funny. You can't help but laugh. Like, you just can't help but laugh. And I think that's why, like, I don't feel so compelled to be actually good at this game. I just feel in my element when I can reign chaos and somehow actually contribute to my team. It's the fucking best. Yeah, this sounds like something I want to try. John actually brought it up the other day and was like, hey, would you be interested in trying Helldivers? And I was like, that sounds fun. Remember when we used to play video games together? <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a nice time. It is. But we have we haven't in a long time. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's hard. And this is and that I think honestly, that's the other part of it. That's a good point. It's because, you know, we've been reviewing stuff for a while. I mean, I had like a dragon and Final Fantasy, and like those are two very massive games. 
And so we don't have a lot of time either. So the time we do have at night when our kid is air quotes in bed, it's like, okay, I got to review this game. But what's so great about this is I can just play two or three matches with Jason at night. There's like an hour of time we're spending together playing this. And we both feel like as fulfilled as we can at that point, you know, just because like of the circumstances we have. So it's really great for that. It's really good for just picking up, doing a couple matches. I think it would be a good fit. Baby, do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Sounds fun. It is. You might be a little knowing you. It's difficult and it's designed to be difficult. You're going to die a lot, but you have to embrace that and you have to have fun with it. I can embrace that. If I feel like the game is designed to do that, then I'm in. Okay. Like if it feels like I'm dying a lot because I'm just not good or I haven't learned the mechanics, then that feels bad. Well, that will happen too at first. Because, you know, there's no dodge. There's just, you'll figure it out. Do the tutorial. You'll have a great time. Start with the easier difficulty if you want. Absolutely do that. And then as you get better and get good and you'll be fine. You're better at these kind of games than I am anyway. But it's fun. I very oh. encourage a lot of people well, to Well, I feel it. like that means that we just got to play together. I mean, yeah. Like I told you, the secret to my heart is just, you know, playing a silly mindless game where we can bullshit and then play. You know what I mean? So let's do it. Let's yeah. do it, girl. Speaking of mindless bullshit, <laughs> I, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's a good segue. It's probably a bad segue. In addition to Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which obviously we have a standalone episode talking about, whenever I travel, my de facto travel plane game is Grindstone. Oh. And I've talked about this game on the show before, but I wanted to bring it back up because I, you know, refreshed it and they're always adding content and it actually got a PlayStation release last year. And so if you're not playing it on mobile, I don't know why playing it on mobile is phenomenal and you don't need to be connected to the internet to play, which is why it's my playing game. Is this the one that... Listen, I'm not going to pay $8 just to play this game. Is this the one that you also played with Charlie when she was very little? Mm, No, that was Lego Star Wars Battles. That was a, an Apple Arcade game. Got it. So this is a game developed by Capybara Games, and it's a puzzle game at heart, but it's essentially like you have to chain creeps together, and creeps are these little like enemies in the game. Mm-hmm. So I have a fun trailer here. What I love about this is that you can make it like a lot of games that it looks like a match three, but it's not a match three. It's, it's technically like a puzzle game. It's part color matching, part monster slaying, There's, you know, upgrades and different items and things you can use. But I love that the gameplay is easy to learn, difficult to master and how you can feel like you're doing really well. And then you just get really humbled (laughs) by some levels that you're like, oh, my gosh, why can't I beat this level? This is so ridiculous. It's unfair. It's unbeatable. And then you're like, no, I just need to get good. I just need to think a little bit more before I start Mm -hmm. to make my moves so quickly. Mm -hmm. But I love this game. It's been around for about three years now. Like I said, it came to PlayStation. It's only like $8 or something. It's um, even cheaper if you're buying it on mobile. I just like, I just love this game. It just, the gameplay loop is so satisfying. And every time I pick it up and play, I'm like, I just, I want to keep playing. I want to play more. And they have really great daily things. So they have what's called like the, the daily grind. So If you want to go in and just grind for items, they have like a couple like endless like grind modes where you can just do it or you can like, you know, do the story progression up the mountain. I just wanted to give it a shout out. It's one of my favorite mobile games to play. And if you've never checked it out and you're looking for a fun game you can play that doesn't require you to be online, which a lot of mobile games do require, then this is the game you should, you guys should check out. There you go. Yeah. There you go, baby. Just another quick shout out for that. So that's all I've been playing outside of Final Fantasy and... 
you know, hopefully we'll have more to say on that next week. And it feels like we got some cool previews and other stuff coming up down the yeah. road and some announcements for content, lots of stuff in the works guys for what's good. So thanks for supporting the show and, and being around Brittany to end the show. Yes. It's no surprise to people that have followed me in my career that I'm a giant Borderlands fan. I have like 15 claptraps back there. I have talked to the developers at Gearbox many times about this game. I hosted the Borderlands 3 reveal with Greg and Fran from Kind of Funny and just overall love this franchise. And when this movie got announced, was very excited. And then the casting news was just so wild. These huge names they were getting. And I think, you know, all of us kind of were like a little conflicted about certain characters being like, how is this going to play out? But I'm like, I'm very excited to see how this movie's going to be. Because like, even if it's bad, I'm probably still going to love it because I'm one of those people that loves bad action <laughs> movies. But I'm hoping it's going to be really I good. I mean, the thing with this, though, is who plays Borderlands for the story anyway? Like, who plays it for the whatever? Like, we want dumb fun. We want funny moments. Yes. And we just want these characters to be written in a way that's true to their video game counterparts, right? If they can nail that. Exactly. If they can nail that. We're good. We're golden. No one gives a shit about this movie story. So like, I feel like that works well for them. Yeah. I think that this is going to be super fun. I know that, you know, people have, again, we were talking earlier about people's connections to characters and things like that. And after spending so many hours in the Borderlands universe, like it's always like a little jarring when somebody who's not the voice actor who you know is voicing and embodying a character. But I'm excited to see what Kevin Hart does with Roland. I think that he is a really great comedic actor, and I think that that character could really benefit from it. It's so tough with Tiny Tina because Ashley Birch is the embodiment Ah. of that character, and her performance as that character is iconic. And I feel like they could have gotten Ashley to do that physical role, Ah. and I'm a little disappointed they didn't. But I understand if they're trying to go for young Tiny Tina that maybe they didn't want to try to de-age Ashley. Not that Ashley looks old. She doesn't. But she doesn't look like she's 13 or whatever, right? So, you know, that's me. I'm going to have to wait and see. But that's my only, like, that was my only, like, yeah, but everybody else, I'm here for. Tina's a complicated character because she's so, and like, listen, this is coming from someone who has been told her entire career that she reminds them of Tiny Tina, apparently. Uh, what? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, people are like, oh, you are Tiny Tina because she's so loud and crazy. And, woohoo. and I'm like, OK, I can see that. That's fair. Now that you say that, one of the first things that John ever said about you when you started coming to our house <laughs> in San Francisco was he was like, that Brittany, it's like she always has a squirrel in her pants. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> And I I've never heard anyone that. use that expression before, but it fit in a really funny, perfect oh, it's, way. No, it's absolutely perfect. I forgot about that. Oh my god! Thank you for reminding me. That just made my whole day. <laughs> but she, she is, she is funny, and I think she's charming as hell. But I think if she's not done totally correctly, if her delivery isn't on point, it could come across as obnoxious, annoying child. Right? Yes. So that's also my only concern. But I think everyone else just looked fucking on point. I'm, I'm thrilled. That, that scene yeah, I feel like she needs to have just enough crazy eyes. Yeah. And in that trailer, I saw no crazy eyes. Yeah. Like, that's like what makes the Tiny Tina character because you're like, she's clearly like legitimately out of her mind. Yeah, because this is she... Like some of the things she says, it's like, wow, this girl has been alone for far too long and it shows... And that level of like weird, like didn't come through. Yeah. At least not yet. No, it didn't. And, you know, I was thinking about it and I don't know how much of a difference this would have made. But in the game, she has like those piercing blue eyes, which I think actually lend themselves to like her craziness. 
because they're just so kind of like out of there. And when she stares at you with those big eyes, it's just they look kind of creepy and like, what the hell? But her brown eyes in this trailer actually were just like, they're beautiful brown eyes, but they didn't like draw me to them. They didn't have that sense of like murderous rage yeah. and behind yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like how blue eyes, if they're like too piercing blue, can almost be a little creepy <laughs> if they're like, ah. You're like, are you an alien? I want, your, I want to be destroyed and eaten by your eyeballs. That's pretty much what it is. I just want to have a few drinks and go see this movie. It's a date. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> That'd be so fun. Love it. And that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. If you haven't yet taken a few moments of your day to give us a rating, a five-star review, it really helps out the show. We really appreciate everybody who's taken the time to do so. It really helps us with the algorithms, particularly after we took a long break like we did for our hiatus. Getting back into the swing of things and making sure that we get recommended to people is super important for our business and our brand and really helps us. So would really love to request if you have a couple moments of your time to help us out and leave us a review, even if it's just clicking the five stars on Spotify. You don't even have to write anything. That helps us a lot too. And just want to say thank you in advance. We appreciate you. We do. All right, Brittany, it was so good to see you. I know. And I was telling Andrea, friends, I'm going to try No Promises. I'm going to try to come on next week because there is that Pokemon Direct. And y'all know I love it when I get a little bee in my bonnet with those Pokemon Directs. So, ah, uh, bee in the bonnet. Bee in the bonnet. Hopefully I'll be here. But if not, I'm sure you'll hear from me in one way, shape, or form, probably yelling from across the planet if something really stupid happens. But that's okay. Undoubtedly. All right, everyone. See you next time. Bye.